Welcome to Stacking Stones Podcast, everyone. How y'all doing today? I'm Pastor Mark, and I have a wonderful guest with us today, Shauna Boy from Texas. Shauna, would you please hey, say hello to the Awesome, awesome. Well, if you're new to Stacking Stones Podcast, we have one purpose in mind, and that's to testify of hearing God and seeing his miracles. And we're, we're in for a treat today because Shauna is going to share uh, both time where she heard God and saw a miracle. And I'm super excited to hear about that. But Shauna, before we do that, would you be willing to just share a few minutes about you, your life, your walk with the Lord, a little bit about your family, maybe a little nugget about your ministry, if you don't mind? Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for having me. I really appreciate it and looking forward to it. I remember hearing you in the beginning, sharing, you know, just about how you got kind of didn't think you were ready. And then a good friend just kind of said, okay, let's go. Like, it was like, okay. And um, that's kind of me, you know, I was, I apologize too for kind of some sinus stuff, but, but knowing that just we step into it, you know, when the, the Lord's like, let's do this, you know, and have friends or pastors like you that say, let's, let's do this. So appreciate that very much. Um, yes, um, I'm married to Brent Boyd, and we'll be married 30 years, January 1st. We have four children. We have, I know, it's hallelujah. Um, we have four children, um, a daughter that's 28, a daughter that's 27, a daughter, a son that is um, 24, and a son that is 13. And um, we met when I was in youth ministry and did hair years ago, like 31 years ago and um thankful for that and so he was in the military and we served for 24 years and retired 10 years ago now and moved here to the dallas fort worth area and we love it we love it i worked in youth ministry which i guess i said that and then was able to stay at home um we of course moved a lot because of the military so i was blessed to stay at home and work in ministry you know be involved in the church and um with whatever the lord um directed and guided and um yeah we're here that's great that's great love love to hear that so um so would you be willing to um just begin and, and, and share what what's uh tell us a little bit about what happened and um and just let's get into it yeah, you bet. You know, something I didn't mention too was um, God called me to a ministry called Kingdom Colors in 2015, where I began to meet with women from different cultures, backgrounds, and walk, all walks of life. And um, that's important to say at this time, just because some of it has to do with just hearing God and watching Him work and move. The first um, time that I can really remember like really hearing God um, was when I was 13. I had come back from New York um, visiting my dad's side of the family for the first time. And uh, my dad, my grandmother, um, my grandpa, even though he was my half grandfather, um, he, I wouldn't say half, he was my, my, uh, my grandma married my grandfather and got pregnant with my dad divorced him and married my um, grandpa Don. And um, they're in a mixed um, biracial relationship. My grandfather was black and my grandma is white. Um, My dad's biological father was uh, Italian. So um, he didn't know till he was 13, though, that 
that um, that my step grandpa was really was he thought he was his father. And to this day, they had six other kids after my dad. And to this day, my dad is still the darkest complexion of all of the kids. And so it's interesting because he just, he never knew, you know, that was his siblings. And he grew up till he was 13 and then overheard them um, and found out that that wasn't his biological father. And that threw my dad into some really tough things. And fast forward when I found out for the first time that I was going to get to meet my dad's side of the family. Um, they live in New York. And so my mom and dad flew us to meet my family for the first time. And so there's, you know, six other aunt and uncles that, you know, I met and then a bunch of cousins and, and uh, just a whole new experience. I mean, New York too. I'm from Kansas in the country. So like I grew up on the ranch, my mom's my mom's parents, you know, lived on the ranch and very godly people, first generation, just really loving God and surrendered to God. They got saved in a Baptist church and and um, ended up becoming foster parents and had boys on the, the ranch and just poured into these boys. And my dad ended up actually being one of their, they, he was their second um, foster son. So I go to um, New York and um, meet my family. And I had experienced prejudicism for the first time, you know, from both sides, because my family's biracial. So, you know, um, the skin tones, dark, dark skin to white, you know, um, and everything in between. And so I'd experienced this in stores and things that I went to for the first time. And I'm from Kansas. So I just, you know, my heart too, even at the time was just, we're all together, you know, don't recognize any, any of any difference in a negative way. And so I just think it's beautiful. And so I came back um, from this experience of feeling prejudicism, prejudicism actually on both sides. I mean, when I would come around black people, I would experience looks carrying my cousins and and then white people. And I'd never felt you know, felt this before. So my mom said when I came back, I was just like a different person, something God had really just, I just had this passion for equality. I had a dream one night when I was 13 after I'd come back and it was so clear. I mean, like I had never had a vision, anything like that. And I had a very, very vivid dream and I heard God speak. And in this dream, it was that I, it, I felt and knew that I was going to have biracial children. And so I was like, okay. And you didn't, didn't realize what that was going to look like anything just knew in my heart that I was going to have biracial children. So through the years, um, you know, I just continued to live my life and everything. My parents divorced um, when I was 19, when I was in hair, it was a really hard thing for me. So I strayed away from the Lord for a couple of years. I would go to church on Sundays because that was what you did. And that's how I grew up. But during the week, you know, I was doing hair, partying, doing my thing. And um, my aunt invited me to a revival. I gave my life radically to the Lord. And God just totally turned my life around. I spent months just deep in the word, pursuing God and, and his voice instead of religion and what I'd known about him and asked him to reveal himself to me. And he just began more and more through his word to reveal himself to me. And I met my husband as I started pursuing the Lord a couple years after, got into youth ministry, all that. And then I met my husband. 
and we we it went really quick and um even for him um he's like a very structured person so you do this for so long then you do this and there has to be all this da, 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 and i that completely out <laughs> and the wall everything and um i remember before we were even engaged she was like well is it okay with you if we see premarital counseling? And we hadn't even been engaged yet. And it was quick. I mean, it was like a month of knowing each other and he was in the military gone. So we would talk on the phone and stuff. And I was like, sure. So we're sitting there with the counselor and um, I'm just like kind of struggling. And I'm, I'm realizing, I really believe this is who God has for me, but he's white. <laughs> and it's really, I was just like, he's white. And Hi. I didn't understand God because I know I'm going to have biracial children. I just know it. Mm -hmm. And um, we're sitting there and they, and Brent and the, the counselor, you know, kind of asked me what I'm struggling with. What am I thinking? And it just came out. I wasn't, I'm like, but you're white. And he's like, I, I, I never noticed that dear, you know, and, and I said, but I, it's because I, I believe you're who God has for me, but I believe I'm going to have biracial children. And how else could that happen? <laughs> you know? And I know oh, I'm going to yeah. give birth to Like, I felt in my heart, like, I am going to give birth yeah, to these wow. children. And so he said, well, honey, maybe it's through adoption. I would be perfectly fine loving children no different than, you know, if you gave birth to them, biological, maybe it's adoption. And I just, I was like, no, it, it just can't be. I couldn't wrap it around my head. I was like, it, it just can't be because I just know these children. You know, I, I know that I'm in, that this is God's will. And so I don't, I mean, we just went through the process. I just trusted God. And we got married and um, had five, you know, had, I was pregnant five times, five years, had a couple of miscarriages. We were able to have three and um, it was, I was just kind of going, okay, Lord, maybe, you know, by that time, kind of like, I really believe God said this, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Mm. And so I continued, <laughs> excuse me, to grow in the Lord and just pursue him. And on our honeymoon, I had gotten very, very sick. And almost died a few times and stuff. And so through that process of being sick, I guess it just swirled me around to just focusing on my lot, you know, living, you know, and then the children that I had. Well, fast forward to when our oldest daughter was five, Bailey, we lived in Wichita, Kansas, was going to a church there. And um, Brent and I had taken, we, we had taken a nap on a Sunday and the kids, we'd laid them down for their naps and everything. And the kids were, Bailey didn't want to sleep. So we had like an intercom in our bedroom and we were laying down and we start hearing our daughter, five-year-old daughter, Bailey say, really, Jesus, a baby brother? And then she was like, no, 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 your feet are going to get burned. Your feet are going to get burned. And and she was all excited and she's sitting here having a conversation. We couldn't hear all of it, but those were the the things that we heard very clearly. Oh. And we just kind of look at each other and lay there really trying to hear what she's saying, you know? So in a little bit, she comes up the stairs and comes around the corner 
And Brent says, honey, what? Who are you talking to? And she said, Jesus and an angel. And we're like, really? Really? And she was like, yes. And the angel was upside down in my closet and it was not burning her feet. And, and it, she just on and on telling us the whole thing. Well, she had two beanie babies. One was black and one was white. And then she had this um, doll. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but their their legs can bend. And she would have the legs bend and it could pray. It was like a praying doll and um, was praying. She had them taking a nap and she was changing their clothes and stuff when this happened, when the Lord and an angel came to her. And so she said, um, she, she looks at us and she says, well, Jesus said that he's going to bring us a baby brother and, and he's not going to look like us. And, um, and Brent was like, we already have a baby brother. My husband is, <laughs> you know him, but he is very like, um, I'm not sure about this. You know, like, <laughs> have a baby brother, you know, and this and then. She's like, so good. No, Jesus said he's going to bring us a baby brother. And daddy, he's not going to have our color of hair. And and you know me also, I color my hair all the time. It's purple right. or different colors. And it's actually pretty normal right now. I, I, did this I, 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 I almost did. said so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then uh, at the time I'd had it jet black. I mean, it was just jet black. And he, she said, but he's going to have mommy's color of hair. And his skin is going to be like this baby. And then she had her be black beanie doll in her hands. And so we were like, whoa. And I look at Brent and he, he goes, adoption, honey. And that was the first time I considered adoption. I was like, oh, maybe. So, and this just in my heart, it was like, even in my stomach, just something was burned. It was just like, I felt pregnant now with something. And um, I was like, wow. So she just goes on and on telling us all this stuff. Well, after that, everywhere we would go in stores, this and that, if she saw a child that was darker than us, she would say, like that, like that, that's what our brother's going to look like. And she would tell, and her name's Bailey, my oldest, and then we have Blake and Brayden, and Brock is our youngest. She would always tell Blake and Brayden everywhere they went, you know, oh, th th he's going to look like this. He's going to look like this and literally be on the hunt for him, waiting. So we were all waiting too. That's so well, sweet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was. And we would get all kinds of responses because she was very bold and open about it and excited. And she just knew she would talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. so, um, for another time, um, I did get cancer and I had battle cancer. And so through these years, I continued, we continued to wait. And my husband, God knew because Bailey was very specific and said that God would bring him to us. Mm -hmm. And so Brent felt a piece about that also, because with me battling um, chronic sickness for years, um, we didn't have it in the finances to, you know, we did medical stuff and things and then having kids and stuff and moving a lot. 
And we didn't have it in the finances to, you know, put out money for adoption in that way. And I just really felt like, and I knew in my heart, because I already felt like I was going to give birth, you know, to to uh, this child. And I believed that it was a boy. And Bailey did too, a baby brother. Well, that's when God confirmed it, you know, really was through her. And I was like, oh, yes. So then we go years and we're just literally waiting for a miracle to happen, looking for it. She's talking about it all the time. So is her siblings. And we end up 2009. We had moved to Clean, Texas. Brent got stationed at Fort Hood and we had moved to Fort Hood in um, 2009. I was cancer free. I was starting to feel better, starting to, you know, kind of come out of some things. And we had started, we, we had started foster care thinking, you know, that may be through that way. So we started um, foster care and boy, that was hard. And so in that process, we, I was driving and um, uh, there was like a health store there and I had gone in and I'd really felt there was a, a child that, that we thought that we were going to get and um, was going to be born and was going to have to be taken from its, his mother. And so we really thought it might be him. And we ended up, um, you know, getting ready. And I ended up, I really wanted to nurse. I really believed that I could nurse this child and it would be healthier. So I became just preparing for that, like taking, you know, fenugreek and different things, started studying it and wow. and literally I had milk start coming in. But I'm sitting there emotional, like, because, you know, you're telling your body yeah. pregnant and it's like all this stuff I would just sit with God and while I was sitting with him he was just like talk to him you know just like you're pregnant you know talk to him Brent and I would pray for him we would talk to him like he was in my womb the kids would come in and and um, we would pray and they would talk to him and and just that he would hear our voices and know us you know and pray for whatever he may be going through. I mean, just as the Holy Spirit led, we just, you know, um, even, even for, you know, how we were raised, it was, it was just totally trusting God. You know, we, I would have thought that, that was cray cray in the day, you know, like <laughs> I was religious, I went to church, but God doesn't hear that, you like that. that you cray know? cray like, was a word back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just like, you know, we were just totally so our heart was just for our son, you know, that God was just doing a work in all of us. Wow. And so we would just follow his voice and do what he said. And, um, you know, a scripture says, I only hear the voice of my father and do what he says. And so just more and more surrendering to that and not religion or if it doesn't look funny or this or that, but no, just really hearing, you know, trying to hear God and, and, um, what, what he has and especially to find our son, he just knew he was out there and what was that going to look like? And we didn't want to miss it. So that's how we just kept walking into this while I was going into the um, health, um, store to get some more tea and stuff. And this lady that owned it, she said, and totally not a Christian, actually, another religion completely. And we would visit though and stuff. And she said, there was this lady in her hair earlier. And I was telling her about you and how bad you want a child, you know, want a child and want to adopt a biracial child. And I had told, you know, everybody, everybody, I felt that my heart, especially after my family was 
that what what children needed was to know who they are in Christ, you know, that it wasn't about being just, you know, this, this culture or this or this or that, you know, like, like, but it, it's who does God say that you are? The only one that has the right to tell you who you are is the one who created you. So who, mm-hmm. what's your identity, not based upon the color of your skin or anything else, but That's based great. upon who, who God says that you are and what he created you for. And so this is just, I knew that the child was going to be biracial and um, because that's just what had got to put on my heart. So huh. I, she said, this lady came in, I was telling her and that de- right before I had visited with this lady, I'd worked at Kerr's. I don't know if anybody remembers Kerr's back then, but it was like a woman's health place. And it, and you went and kind of worked, uh, worked out around a circle and, and um, I was a trainer there and worked there and next door was like the suntan place. And there were girls in there that would come in and out a lot. This was when we were at Fort Hood. So you have, you know, the largest um, army aviation base in the world there and in the United States. And then you've got people coming in and out for days, weeks, months, and years, but they're from all over the world. So they're from every background, every tribe and nation. And so in religion. And so there's these younger girls in there just really going through tough times. And I met a girl who she knew she had heard that I really wanted to adopt. And she visited with me. She came in, she actually came over from the tanning place and said, you know, I've, I've heard how bad you want to adopt a biracial child. And she said, I have a very good friend who's about to get an abortion and um, she doesn't feel like she can keep the baby. And um, I was wondering if you would be interested. I've been trying to talk her out of getting an abortion. And I said, I would love to meet her. So we ended up meeting and she agreed to give us the baby, to carry it and give us the baby. Well, we're excited, you know, and, and preparing and all this. And um, not about about a month before the baby was going to be due, um, her the friend came to me and she said that um, her friend was in the hospital, that her boyfriend had beat her and wow. that she was they thought she was miscarrying. So she uh, was in the hospital. They thought she was going to miscarry. And so the girl the friend called her parents in Germany because she was, she was from Germany and she didn't want her parents to know because her parents were prejudiced. So she didn't call them. And the friend said, I'm calling, you know, went ahead and called her parents. The parents flew in, came in and said, this has nothing to do with that child, you know, and we would love, we want you to come home with us. And the baby lived and she decided to keep it. And moved to Germany with her parents and they helped, they were going to help her raise, apparently they helped her raise him. So that's a praise. That was great, but it was painful. You know, you're, you're preparing, you're thinking all that. And so um, that passes. And so we just continue to pray and everything. So fast forward to when we're um, I'm, I'm at back at the health place. So This, um, this lady knew that I had just gone through that and stuff. And she had talked, she said, there was a lady that came in 
and she's nursed and she didn't have kids and she's nursed kids she's adopted and she wants to encourage you. I know you're having a tough time. And she um, gave me her phone number and wants you to call her if you're, if you would like to. So I was like, thank you. So I get in the car and we, and, and I end up, I'm driving and I call this lady and she's just precious and she encourages me and she, um, I can tell that she knows the Lord and we just have this beautiful conversation. And I didn't really realize Pastor Mark that until later, I mean, like the things that she knew that she couldn't have known, like we were just having this conversation. And, um, so I'm driving and she says, have you heard of the adoption agency and says the adoption agency? And I said, no, I said, but we can't go through adoption. We can't financially afford it. And, um, and I've realized, and this is, it's, we found out that's very hard to adopt here, but it's very more easier, you know, for across the seas, you know, to adopt. Well, biracial, you, you know, it's not usually means, you know, mixed culture. And so, um, my heart wasn't necessarily th- that wasn't what God put in me, you know? And so it was much harder to adopt here in a lot of ways. We found out. So I'm driving. She's telling me about this foster place. And she said, I know a woman named Sharon and she um, helped me and she helps with adoptions. And she was, she was adopted. Her story is she was adopted. So she's very good understanding both sides. Well, all three sides. And so she has now she's, um, she's going through adoption. She's doing adoptions. And she said, honey, go ahead there. You know, go, go ahead. I encourage you to go ahead and you never know. So as I'm driving, I was like, well, where, where is this place? And she says, well, do you know, she goes, um, she goes, where are you? That's what she says. Where are you right now? I said, I'm driving. And she goes, where are you right now? And I said, no kidding. I said, I'm going by Ashley furniture. And you would know that, but it's where it was. I'm going by Ashley furniture. She said, which, which direction? I tell her, she goes, turn right, turn right. I turn right and right there is the adoption agency. So I pull in and the lady says, honey, let's pray. She prays over me. She says, go in and ask for Sharon. And God, and she said, God bless you. He's gone before you. He says, okay. So I get out and I walk in and I, as I walk in, I asked for a woman named Sharon. I said, my name's Shauna Boyd. A woman's brought me here because I want to adopt. Um, her name is so-and-so. Um, is Sharon here? No, I said, is Sharon here? And this woman walks in. She goes, I'm Sharon. And I said, well, so-and-so who knows you very well, you've worked with her, um, asked me to come in and ask for you. She said, well, I don't know who you're talking about. Uh- and she says, I've, Okay, great. You know, we sit down, have a conversation and the Lord for, for time wise for the Lord just totally starts moving in the conversation. And I'm, I'm sharing with her my story. I'm bawling and um, I'm like, but we can't afford it, you know, to adopt or this or that. She said, she said, well, Miss Boyd, she said, you're military, right? I said, yeah. And she goes, well, there's, you know, you can send out letters for support. The military will pay you back. I mean, she knew all this stuff we didn't know. 
And I said, well, I just really know that the Lord's going to bring us this, this child. So, you know, well, we talk, I leave, go back out to call this lady and thank her. And the number isn't a number. And I was like, oh, I could never get back in touch with this lady. Never heard from her again. Nothing. Okay, so, so back up, back up. The lady at the, the adoption agency, what, what was the whole, I don't know her? Not, 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 yeah, not that lady, but the lady that, that I was on the phone couldn't get in touch with her again. Right, but the lady at the adoption agency, she didn't know her at all? Mm-mm, she didn't, didn't know who you're talking about? Wow. Yeah, she didn't know her at all. So through that process, then, um, I end up, uh, you know, going, huh, Lord, okay. And from there, the Lord just starts, we send out a letter, it's a family, God starts leading us step by step, step by step. So as we end up going to... What does that uh, mean? What does that mean? Step by step. Leading us, he's leading us. I mean, like, I want to drill down a little bit, just what does that mean, like, to average person, the Lord's leading us? Tell, Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, well... Just as we continue to ask God about it, like, what is this to look like? What are we to do next? You know, then more of like that, that scripture, you know, um, you know, just where he leads us step by step and just enough light, you know, for the next step, you know. So you're and, asking and he's answering or what, what or how, how it, is he? It, yeah, that's a good question. Well, whether it be, as we continued through, you know, encouragement through scripture or in the people that he placed around us, like the Sharon, awesome. you know, and she wasn't, um, she didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord, but she was religious and grown up in a, in a denomination. And, you know, through this, her faith really grew as we were able to find our son, but, but it was just things with her. And then God would just put things on her heart like, oh. you know, she would direct us, like, write a letter. We'd write a letter as a family. Then we send it out. We'd ask for prayer, you know. And then people would s- just financially say, I just feel like God wants me to send this, you know, in support for for um, the little boy that you're asking God for. Amen. Things That's like awesome. that, too. People we would meet. And like I said, like, um, people from... Um, just like the girl from the spa coming in and things like that. There were just um, people that was, would tell me we're praying for you. And, and, and didn't yeah, even, so get cool. okay. you know, just curious. yeah, just stuff like that, that increase your faith, you know, with even things that you're not used to growing up, no matter what your background is, you know? So yeah, things like that. And then um, fast forward, which this kind of answers what you just asked too, how, how, how is it? What does that look like? Is um, we had put everything in because we had already done foster care, so there was a lot of stuff that we didn't have to redo. Mm, and, okay. And so the a lot of it was just mainly from the financial area now, you know. And what was so good about this of uh, this um, this adoption place? I almost said foster adoption place was that everything was accounted for. So it's not like you're buying a child. I mean, it was for medical bills. It was for counseling for the mom, you know, like we did counseling for her, Christian counseling, stuff like that. Um, Different, 
you know, the, that what it would cost, what they were doing, all of that was accounted for. And they would do it by your, um, like how much you made a year and stuff. So there's just all these ways that you don't even know that God just provides as you just keep going forward and just don't go, I have no idea how that's going to happen. Instead of saying, well, if you, where you guide, you provide, and I have no clue what that's going to look like, but I'm willing to go on the journey, you know, with you. So we had ended up um, sending the letter out and we'd had um, a bunch of support in, and I got this, I get this call, Brent's out of town on work and I get this call from Sharon and she says, Shauna, I can't give you information, but I need you to write a letter to the mother of why you want to, why you want to adopt and what's your heart on this. She said, and then I need pictures of your family that make sure Brent's not wearing his uniform. Like she would just, you know, all this kind of stuff. And most of the time it was 100% closed adoption. And I, sad to say now, um, but then I had no interest. I did not want to meet the biological mother. I did not want to really know anything. This was my child. It was just a way for God to get him to me. And mm-hmm. I just had no interest in anything else. I wanted to bring him home. That a heart's desire of mine to be there when he was born or bring him home from the hospital. And that was just it, you know, had no heart to have any kind of connection. So this was close adoption um, with what, what the plan was. So she said, I need you to do this, this and that. She said, is there any way that you can get the last amount of money that you need by um in in you know by tomorrow and so i'm like well let me check with brent so i get off the phone i call brent and i'm like oh my gosh he, he might be born you know and, and this might be it and i was like is there any way we can get the rest of the money let's ask your dad let's do this let's do that and my husband's like nope honey no that is not god's will for us to go further in debt I'm not going to ask my dad. I'm not going to ask, you know, God knows. And he said he'll provide. So I'm upset and hurt, but he was right. And, and I just get off the phone and I just go before the Lord crying out to God. Well, she calls me the next day and she says, Shauna, um, I want to introduce you to someone. I got this call yesterday and there was this um, girl her name is Sasha, and she had contacted me about nine months, about six months ago, and was wondering about a, an adoption, um, about what her what her choices could be, you know. Right, right. And so I sent her a packet and all this, and I never heard back from her. And so she said, but yesterday I get this phone call from her and she says, Sharon, I'm alone. I'm on my way to the hospital to give birth. She said, would you meet me there? She said, sure. So I did. She said, I took all of the people that were ahead of you and Brent, you know, and stuff and that were done with their stuff. And, um, and I took them to her and she has mauled over it, you know, and stuff for a day and a night. And she just not want anybody, any of these couples to have her child. She's just not good with it. And she said, is there anybody else? She said, I, she said, there is one other couple 
Let me, let me check. So that night I went to meet her and um, the hospital and Sharon, she, you know, helped me, you know, she was like, first of all, don't look at the baby. Like she was just, you know, you're here for her. And if that was, I'm just being honest, that was like a whole new thing for me. I just wasn't, that was God going, you know what, this just isn't about you. And there's something more to this and um, just trust me. And so she just really shared with me the, the heart and, you know, she had visited with this woman and everything about what she she's been through, what she's going through. And that the fact that the biological dad beat her and he wanted her to abort it and was trying to force her to abort it. And her parents, you know, were prejudiced and didn't, she didn't want her family getting the baby and that she was just doing the right thing all the way around and um, had chosen not to abort and things. And so God just started working in my heart that night. I met her, got to witness to her just through totally, again, God. I didn't go in there to witness to her. She asked me questions. I was open and honest. Um, And it was almost like we, in a very short period of time, connected, you know? And How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. And my heart just went out to her. And, and And so... Came back home and I had got a phone call from this man. His name was Larry. And Brent and I, through all of our finances, um, I'm weaving a lot. This is supposed to be a story, <laughs> but on the way, but in the financial area with the medical bills and stuff, we had consolidated. And there was a man that was holding us accountable, a godly man financially. And he called me and he said, you know, I'm, I'm totally against credit cards and this and that. But he said, there is, I was looking at you guys' finances, you guys' family pictures up here, and I'm praying for you guys, you know, with adoption and your hearts to adopt. And we're doing this um, credit card for, and it was the exact same amount of money that we needed um, for, uh, and it's going to be like 24 month interest free. He said, I was doing your finances and when you guys get money back from the military after the adoption, and then with what the taxes look like this year for adoptions, you will have more than enough. We ended up having 2000 extra, more than enough to adopt, you know, to finish the rest of the money that you need. So we ended up, he said, I, I just, I just felt like God wanted me to put it in the mail just in case something came up. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh, when did you put it in the mail? You know, and I'm just like, what, what, what? And um, he said, oh, I don't think it's going to get to you like now. But, but I, yeah, I've put it in the mail. And, and so I was like, um, is there any way we can, you know, and I'm just like in my head, you know, trying to work uh-huh. it And he said, Shauna, the Lord's got it. I'll be praying and believing that you get it right on time. The wow. next day. I, um, so I talked to Brent I'm telling him what Larry says. <laughs> I'm like, can we call your dad? Can we this and that? Cause now we're going to get the money. And he's like, no, dear, we're not going to go ahead of God. <laughs> so t- the next day he's flying in and the girl, Sasha wants to meet Brent and before she makes a decision. So Sharon says, I'll go pick up Brent at the airport. 
you go home, get this, this, and that tells me all this stuff to do and check the mailbox. So I go home, open the mailbox and there it is. <laughs> right on time. I mean, this girl's getting, you know, uh, what do you call it? She's getting uh, released from the hospital that evening. So I call Brent. He's like, okay, this, this may be it. And so I meet them and meet them at that option. You go to the hospital, walk in Brent visits with her for a while. We sit out in the waiting room. I think it was about seven hours to wait for her decision. And it was a long time. We were just sitting there. Okay, Lord. And um, until the moment that Sharon comes out and says she signed her rights over to you guys. And we're just like, praise God, it's happening. Um, So we got to go in and, um, you know, visit with her. And when this and all this ties together that when I let her, I gave her the outfit for Brock and I said, you know, would you like to dress him? And she said, I would love to. Thank you. So she dresses him and everything. And I see him for the first time. And I'm like, he is beautiful. <laughs> He's just beautiful. And so then she gets up, she holds him and we go, I go over where Bryn is and she holds him up to hand him to me. And I'm just, you know, trying not to get too emotional because we're still supposed to be really careful, you know, with just our responses and stuff. And I looked at him and I, and I talked. And when I talked, he responded to my voice. And um, I, you know, took him in my arms and everything. And so did Brent. And Brent was talking to him. And he so responded to our voices. Well, we didn't know this till until fast forward because you have to go six months, you know, before you can that you have to go to court and all that stuff to make sure that it's all everything's in line. And um, we had three about three months into it. So we were able to leave the hospital with him. And about three months after she had asked to see him. And that was the first time then that she told us that she knew that she'd made the right decision because um, he never responded to her and she didn't understand it. Like she ne- he never responded to her. And she said, when I handed him to you, he responded to your voices. Mm. And I knew that I had done the right thing that I picked the right parents for him. And that for us, we'll never forget that because we know, and he, he was like that with the kids too. So when, so Almost finished, but when we were so after we left the hospital, um, we went back to the adoption agency to sign the papers and stuff because they release you to be like foster parents until the adoption. Right. Sitting there and finishing all the paperwork and stuff, and the phone rings. And Sharon's like looking at us and she's going, you know, like something fine. And we're like, okay, you know, and we're we're signing. She says, okay, yes, no, they've signed the papers. Yes, no, he's in their care. And then she says, nope, it, yep, it's all it's all taken care of. We're good. Nope, they already have him. Okay, thank you. And hangs up the phone. And she looks at us and gets so emotional. And she said, again and again to this moment, she said, I've seen God. 
And she said, when we left, if we had not left about 20 minutes or, you know, early later, if we had missed 20 minutes later, she said CPS was at the hospital ready to take him. And she knew that's why she called me. She knew that he was going to be taken because her other, her other two kids were taken. And he, she said, if we hadn't left when we did, you wouldn't have, ha- you wouldn't have him. And wow. so we we're just like, wow, you know, praising God for that. And that, inter- you know, the whole intervention. So we leave, we get in on the phone and call our kids because they have no clue because we didn't want them to know, you know, and then run the surprise. And one, one of our, the daughter, Bailey, the one that God had told over and over about Brock, um, we called her and told her and they were in Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Apparently all the kids, they were shopping for something for the youth and um, the phone drops and the, one of the youth ministers gets on the phone and says, Bailey's on the floor weeping. And she had just so overwhelmed that it happened, like all that she dreamed about for her brother. And then it was happening like God, it was really God. And here she, it was 10 years later, he was born, Bailey was born May 3rd and Brock's born May 4th. So we got to bring him home and it was just amazing. 10 years after God had spoken to her. She got mm-hmm. to see and her brothers and sisters see it come to pass. And it's just been, I would say, you know, you also see hearing and and doing, you know, hearing and, and obeying and stuff, but it's so much, isn't it, through the journey of growing in faith and growing in God and who he really is and not religion or what man has said or but really getting to just see an experience that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, that belief as, as we grow and just trusting him moment by moment that we get to see, you know, things come to pass and it can be years, but it's still amazing. And adoption, the gift of adoption, because Mark, I would have never, I mean, in within me, even to this day, I've given birth to him. Like when I speak about it, that's it's just in my heart and i've experienced so much through me being adopted into christ that i would never have experienced um Mm. it's just been so much that god has done through it plus me now praying for her which i had a hardened heart about like who would give up their kid you know i just i didn't have compassion Mm. it was just Um, what i couldn't have a biracial child any other way so this was just the way God got him to me. And there's nobody in between kind of thought, you know, right, and right. So, much, so much has been um, walked out through it. So can I ask you a few questions? Yes. So remind me how old Bailey was when she, you could hear her through the intercom and she wasn't going to sleep. What age was that? How five. old was she? So she's five mm-hmm. and she, has a vision, has a has a, a visitation, so to speak, with Jesus and an angel. So, when we, you know, a lot of times when people are sharing, hearing God, um, your daughter basically saw Jesus and an angel, and then spoke to you about what he said to her. 
was there did it take you a little while to either believe that or lay hold of it or or I mean, obviously, I know you were listening or have a conversation. So where was your belief level? And God spoke to my five-year-old and like you, you really believe, believed, or did you, or did you just accept it immediately? Where, where was your heart on that? You know, I think that's so much the part of the journey um, of just this, the scripture, um, you know, they overcame, they conquered him by means of the blood in the lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. And I love that you're doing this because and encourage everybody to listen, because even as I listen to podcasts up to now is there, it builds your faith. Absolutely. And God, and, and it's God's heart because it's in the word. I mean, God's heart is that we overcome the, we overcome through the blood of the lamb, what Christ did for us on the cross and the word of our testimony. And, and, these things it it does it built up our faith and it's a journey it's it's a lifelong well, and, journey and, and that's why i'm asking you like hearing you know a lot of times uh, I've, the folks i've interviewed so far a lot of times they're having an experience where they heard god like like themselves yet in your experience your daughter saw jesus and an angel and heard you heard her side of the conversation, so you are basically hearing God through um, through your through your five year old daughter. Yeah, Mike, my, my, I'm I'm wondering, did you believe immediately that she, or was it hard to believe with a five year old? Well, it would have been hard to believe if the journey had, had you know, like when I was 13, I heard, and I see the the goodness of the Lord in your belief system, you know, like how he's so gracious to increase our faith, you know, because I wouldn't have what I was around and stuff. I wouldn't have, if you fast forwarded to that moment with Bailey, I wouldn't have probably believed, but it was already believed. And you just like, that was just a confirmation. Is that right? Yes. Like and it was, it was an encouragement. It was an encouragement because yeah, cool. he's so good as we grow. Because when I was 13, you could not have told me that I, it would have been adoption. There's no way you could have convinced right, me right, right. to this child or to these children. And, and this is what it's going to look like. Sure. So, so when Bailey was five, if you don't mind, I know that's a woman when Bailey was five, I'm going to ask you, how old were you? I know you're not supposed to ask ladies that, but I'm kidding. I know. I but so care. from 13 to what you, I mean, that's a pretty big encouragement from the Lord. Speaking so if to your I daughter. was 39 when Brock was born and Bailey was 15. And so you'd have that- been 29. So 16 years after you first had the impression you knew you were going to have biracial children, she's five years old and the Lord basically gives you an incredible encouragement through speaking to your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of cool. I mean, I, that's one thing I do love about God and, and, and so many times in scripture, when we talk about hearing God or God speaking, it's almost like I, I'd rather use the word communicate because he communicates through so many different means through the hand on the wall in the cave you know, through a donkey, through his word, through other people, through the wind, through angels. 
And so here he has a visitation with your daughter, your five-year-old daughter. You get to hear it on the intercom. I mean, I'm how sweet is that? Confirming something that he had you really believed he had already spoken to you when you were 13. Yeah. Like that's pretty awesome. And then you wait another 10 years before that actually comes to pass. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know Brock, but I didn't know all of this. That that is uh that's that's a a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that had to be they they just they just fit together so wonderfully. Yeah. That is such a wonderful testimony of God in your life. And I bet Bailey is just just wow. The, I heard God. I saw God. God spoke to me. How yeah, amazing yeah. is that to um to have that confirmed? I mean, I could see why she's on the ground crying in the Hobby Lobby. I mean, what a great moment. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank like, you for sharing. I, heard God. I did hear him because she told everybody. I mean, everybody, yeah. you know, and it's 10 yeah. years for a young girl, too, for, a, you know, for yeah. a young kid and, and i mean and everyone questioned it right i mean every, i mean it's so uh i i will say i had a funny interesting moment like that because before i went to uh, uh king's university to work on my master's i was about to turn in my application and I've, I've shared this with you but um while i was in worship choosing to whether i was going to choose um messianic studies which i love dearly or biblical counseling um i went to this meeting to turn in your your application for the program but i hadn't chosen which one to study and while i was in worship uh, they, they began the meeting in worship i heard worship i want you to study worship i was like what so i'm literally singing and worshiping and i'm hearing god say i want you to study worship i was like me and said i love it when you worship me i want you to study worship and so so i chose worship told everyone obviously that i'm that the lord told me worship everyone i knew including my lovely bride was a little oh, you <laughs> like well, i don't know about that and so um so for two semesters i struggled through classes with really young people um you know cool hip people musicians and skinny jeans and all that and um every time i wrote a paper the lord uh, i just prayed god's like i i don't really i got nothing i i need your help to write this paper this is not it wasn't my jam you know it was it was it was difficult and so i was constantly asking god i need your help i need your help with this i got nothing and at the end of the second semester i uh, was writing my final paper and i said the same thing i like god i got nothing I, I really need your help writing this paper and he said when I release you into your strengths, I want you to have this same posture. Mm. Like what? What posture? Like, like I got nothing. And he said, yes. Mm. And I said, okay. And then I thought, wait, you're going to release me into my strengths. I don't have to study worship anymore. He said, no. He said, I'm going to release you into your strengths of biblical counseling. And so um, yet even in ministry, doing biblical counseling, even if that was my strengths, he still wanted me to have the posture like, I need you, right? Mm -hmm. I got nothing. What What do you have to say about this? What What do you want to do here? 
And so uh, I, I, all the part of the story that I identified with Bailey, but it was only for two semesters, but pretty much everyone I knew questioned, did you really hear God? And I could only imagine five years old to 10 to 15 years old, how many times people either expressed that to Bailey um, or maybe she thought it and how beautiful and miraculously beautiful that, um, that God confirmed that to her. And of course, they confirmed it to you. Like, thank you. Thank you. What a great, great testimony of the Lord. Yes. I'm excited. That was so rich and sweet and tender. All the moments along the way, you know, the phone call from someone and the different things and that you can't call that person again. And how amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let me ask you this. What I love to do at the end of each testimony is, um, to ask you, you know, I I think we talked about this that we're going to turn trans, transcribe these and and give them, uh, bind them and put them in a, a book for year each year that we do testimonies. So for you, grandchildren, great grandchildren, what would you want to impart to them? Any, uh, what would you want to share with them about um, this testimony or any testimony of the Lord? What would you speak to them if they were to pick this up and read it many years from now, talking about this testimony? What would you want them to know? What would you say to them? I guess it's that verse comes to me that God is not a man that he can lie. You know, like that he is faithful, that he will bring it to pass. Um, we do not. I mean, every, I think almost well, I think every time that like, I think that he shares something with me. Um, I have learned that I go in that direction and I think it has to look like this. So I start think, you know, you start forming it into that then. And then you have to make that work because you're, you're, you know, trying to find instead of just saying, okay, Lord, well, let's go and waiting for him to guide it. And I would, I would speaking to my children, as you said, is, um, we, you know, as a parent that you sit there and you go, I didn't do a lot right. But the one thing that I pray that I do do is that they see in their dad and I's lives that it's not just a cl- cliche. Jesus is the answer. I mean, in everything and all the, the struggles that we've had or the questions that we've had, um, that it is in going to him and his word that gets you through and gets you to the other side. And um, hopefully even in all of our imperfections and the areas that we've missed it, even when we've said it was him, <laughs> it may have not have been that there's still evidence um, of his faithfulness. Amen. I love that. He is not a man that he could lie and he is faithful. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wow. Great way to end. Thank you, Shauna. You are Thank a blessing you. in my life, and I'm grateful Dude. to know you. I'm so grateful that uh, you're willing to share, you know, how you heard God and, and just the beautiful testimony of God in your life. Um, Thank you very much. We're going to sign off for today and we'll say thank you for all the listeners. Y'all have a great day. Bless you. Bless you. In Jesus name. If you would like to give a testimony of hearing God or seeing a miracle, we would love to hear from you. 
we invite you to pray and ask the Lord if this is a time for you to share that testimony. And if it is, we would love to hear from you. Uh, please email us. Our email is info at stackingstones.life. Info at stackingstones.life. We just pray that the testimony of Jesus will encourage you to pursue him even more. God bless you.